Happy New Year, listeners. My name is Amanda Starling, and you're listening to Angry Girl Music of the Indie Rock Persuasion. and feminist discussion. For anyone who is new and tuning in, I like to chat with different people in the indie and punk music communities, many of which that contribute to feminist conversation. But that conversation is important now more than ever. At the risk of dating this episode, we're close to embarking on a new era of politics in America, one led by Donald Trump and a Republican Congress. But before we face this battle in the coming days, I found it necessary to reach for the people I find the most empowering. That was a little hardcore band called War on Women. I interviewed vocalist and theatrical front Shauna Potter about how she and War on Women create powerful political music and self-care. Let's give a listen to that interview now. Awesome. So thank you so much for agreeing to be on here, Shauna. I've been super excited to talk to you for a long time. Um, in fact, like your music was the first thing I turned to the day after the election results. Like I woke up in the morning, put on War on Women, and I'm like, okay, life's okay now. Oh, <laughs> I know. I'm honored to hear that. And I'm also angry to hear that. <laughs> oh, I hate that that had to be my response for the day. But, you know, it's like I put on War on Women and Downtown Boys and I'm like, everything's going to be okay if I just like focus on these things. And, you know, there's so much that you can draw on as far as finding strength and all this craziness that's happening in our world. <laughs> um, that's, that's, that's lovely. Thank you. Oh, you're welcome. But, you know, one of the things I do want to talk to you about also is uh, the early days in your music. Can you tell me a little bit about when you first started creating music, instruments you picked up, any first bands? Oh, yeah. Um, I've been playing guitar since I was 12. Oh, wow. Um, And and, uh, pretty much right away, I started playing with people and writing songs. And, you know, I've always liked to sing and... and, uh, I did, you know, theater in school and just really liked to perform. And um, I got I got really into Riot Girl, as any anyone my age would have uh, in junior high and high school. And um, yeah, I was in a band like my first big band that really like toured a lot where I learned a lot and slept on a lot of floors um, <laughs> was when I was living in Nashville. And it was like, you know, three girls um, and three part harmonies and very 90s, very, you know, I played a strat and a big muff <laughs> and um, that was called Fair Verona and that band broke up and then I moved to Baltimore to play in a band with Brooks Harlan, who plays guitar in War and Women. Oh, awesome. So how long have you known Brooks? I've known Brooks, I mean, bef- since before I moved to Baltimore. So, geez, um, 14 years now. Oh, that's incredible. And yeah, we, we've been playing music. 
Yeah, yeah. We've been playing music ever since I moved here, and we played in a band called Avec um, in Baltimore for a while and, and did some touring. And and after that band kind of just naturally fizzled out, he and I wanted to do something heavier, and we were interested in me actually putting down the guitar and just being the front person. And so that's why I don't play guitar in this band. And, um, and he actually used to sing with me uh, oh. in, our, in our last band and he stopped singing for this band. So it's like, we found the thing that we were truly best at and then just decided to go full force with it. Um, which is, I don't know. It's interesting. It was interesting after playing guitar for so long in bands to put it down and just be comfortable being by myself up there, being vulnerable and kind of learning. Um, I don't know, learning to be just out there vulnerable with that. That's incredible that you kind of speak to kind of feeling, you know, at least initially vulnerable being the front of a band, especially with war on women, which is incredible to think of because of the fact that you're such a confident person on stage. I feel like there's so much energy and, so much you put into it that you, I feel like if anything, you project a lot of confidence into the audience. I know the first time that I saw your band play, I was like, I walked away just feeling empowered and ready to kind of conquer things. <laughs> Good. How did you develop that stage persona to kind of inflect that? Well, I mean, I guess I, I knew that at shows there would be women in the audience and I wanted them to feel comfortable with being in the audience and not having to hold their boyfriend's coats or whatever, and that they could actually, that this music was actually for them too, you know? Um, and so I don't know, there's certainly a little bit of fake it till you make it, mm-hmm. um, which I think is half of all confidence and self-esteem in whatever situation you're in, like just pretend you belong there. And I mean, that's what like white men have been doing forever. <laughs> so if they can do it, we can do it. And, um, you know, give ourselves a little more credit that we belong somewhere. And, and, uh, I feel like singing in this band is one of, one of the opportunities I have to like, just completely let go and be really, not even, not even conscious sometimes of what I'm doing or how I'm moving or what, you know, like time passes. <laughs> it's, it's a really amazing state to be in playing, playing a show in this band. Um, it's a really special space. So I don't know. I, I wanted, uh, I wanted everyone, not just men, definitely women, um, or femmes to see a strong woman on stage and you can be strong and vulnerable at the same time. You can be angry about your rights being taken away, um, and be vulnerable and be, uh, you know, sexual and be all these things at once. And I, I think that's the important point is that we all contain multitudes, right? <laughs> We're all very complicated and nuanced. It's so cool. Cause like that sort of thought pattern feels contagious at your shows. And it, it's cool to see that projected in both your persona as well as the energy that everybody else in the band brings forward too. It, it's like you guys are in very much sync as far as your messaging and your ability to kind of convey those emotions as performers. How did you all kind of shape your views to where you're creating this kind of music and that kind of presence in the community? Like what kind of conversations did you have or was it kind of there from the beginning? Hmm. That's interesting. 
I mean, we were really thoughtful. We definitely had conversations about what kind of band do we want this to be? And, you know, just deciding that it would be overtly political and feminist and not vague in any way. Um, but I think for, you know, the folks playing in this band, um, you know, all the women in this band, we've all been playing music since we were young. And so um, it was just natural to us to be ourselves, right? Like be ourselves in a band. Like we're all, we're all over 30. Like we've been doing it a long time and we're comfortable. And um, I don't know. It's a, uh, I, th I think you just got a lot of people together that were comfortable playing and believed in feminism and that's all it, it, I don't know it was very organic I think other than just deciding yeah this is going to be a feminist band and then and then it's kind of half of the feminism is you know what I sing about and half of it is just men and women sharing a stage together and being competent in their instruments and and existing on stage just Fems existing on stage doing their thing like that's that's feminist too you know I feel like that sort of just existing in a space where you're playing music that's a little bit more hardcore that draws elements of metal and punk all together just sometimes existing and then creating is the foundation of being able to be very successful as far as music goes and then when you carry that kind of strong political message to it I feel like there's it, it, it's existing and starting to project even further outside of our scene, if you will. I mean, I saw for a while, it's like we're on women was starting to get some national attention as well. Yeah. You know? uh, I believe it was like the Washington post article. I was like, wow, one of my favorite bands is out there like reaching beyond that. How did that, <laughs> how did that feel to kind of see your message go beyond, you know, a, a smaller stage? It's great. It's a great feeling because we know everyone in this band knows that, our message is much bigger than us. It's, it's not about individual members. Um, it's about the message getting out there and, you know, being delivered in this kind of this heavy music, which people already don't associate with women, which is ridiculous. And also, uh, so that means that like the audience looks a little different than say the audience for like little fair kind of stuff. Right. So like, we, we want this message to be heard by people that usually listen to heavier stuff, just like we also want, you know, feminists to be able to have the chance to listen to heavier stuff when they don't normally get to because it may, might not align with their values and beliefs. So um, to get the message out there to have Washington Post and, you know, Newsweek and New York Times, like, stand behind us and... Um, be willing to put our story out there it's it's uh it means a lot it means a lot and i mean we need every feminist story out there we can get right now <laughs> you know so whether it's about our band or some something else like i don't care we just need as much feminist messaging as possible and intersectional feminist messaging as possible you know that's one of the things that kind of struck me with a lot of your music it, it, it not only you know, attacks issues that we face with like what our government projects on us and what we see, you know, obviously the patriarchy in itself, our societal structure is telling, you know, women to behave this way or accept certain treatment. But it's also at times it feels like there's almost a criticism of feminism itself. Um, 
when I listen to Second Wave Goodbye, I honestly start to think about the way that feminists treat each other and the way that women treat each other. Um, how do you kind of tap into your belief structure to create music, if you will? Uh, well, I always try to stay informed. Mm-hmm. That's a big one. Um, I, yeah, I mean, I think as anyone that's an activist can I probably identify with is when, when you need a break, you should take a break, right? Um, uh, partake in self-care and do what you can. And I know this is a really tough time for a lot of people. It's, we're just being bombarded with horrible news every day or, you know, mind blowing news every day. We're not sure what's going to happen after the 20th, you know, but, um, so when I'm not in that mode, when I'm not in total hibernation mode, because I need to heal myself, um, then yeah, I just try to stay informed and see what's, what's going on. What are people talking about? I, I make sure that, you know, my Twitter feed isn't just white dudes. Um, you have to actually, uh, take in media and listen to people that don't look like you and experience life differently than you to make sure that your point of view doesn't get, um, you know, too, uh, boxed in or ignorant. Really? That's what it comes down to. So I don't know. I, I, I'm always trying to work on myself to be a better, um, ally to, people of color and the trans community, especially. And um, I think if I just keep doing that, like, like ideas come to me uh, for songs and I never want to speak for anyone in a song. Like it's always going to be my perspective and you know, who I am. Uh, But I also don't want to anything that I sing about to be just totally ignorant of the facts or how other people are going through life. But I, I even, we, we're trying to write a new record and I, I have a song that I, is kind of about the infighting of activists and like how it just seems like we can't help ourselves. Um, uh, so I don't know, I am really interested in that idea of like calling in versus calling out mm-hmm. and you know thinking about what is your actual end goal with critique and who's responsible for teaching and you know so i don't know they're just i think it really it always comes down to me to um everything is nuanced and nothing nothing is simple there's no simple answer to anything and if you can just kind of wrap your head around that then you can just take it all in and it makes it a lot easier yeah that makes complete sense because at that point it's like you're processing not only the issues that direct you that directly affect you, but they also um, impact other people. Um, Whenever you wrote the song basically addressing the treatment of women in Mexico, that meant a lot to me as somebody who is Hispanic and hearing the issues that, you know, how you perceive them, but they felt like they were important to me as well. So I feel like that's one of the things that really strikes me about War on Women is that the music really just, it addresses issues beyond just women or just people identify as femme, it starts to explore issues that feel more intersectional. And it's cool to see more and more bands that are addressing intersectional issues and not just one in particular. So it's, cool. it's yeah, that cre- <laughs> you're welcome. Yeah, that, <laughs> that creativity goes a long way. And with that in mind, though, women and femmes, they all face the kind of issues also that you kind of bring up and like say it in Roe versus world and you really hit the head 
directly as far as these go for contraception, sexual violence. I mean, I think one of my favorite experiences watching you play is a broken record. And, you know, there's always, I don't know how you process it. I think I actually talked to my friend Malcolm, who knows you guys about, yeah, yeah, how you sometimes will find a pick a white man in the crowd and kind of call him out as far as the cat calling goes and stuff. Can you tell me about how, you know, your mental place right when you get to that and maybe the kind of impact you think the crowd feels at that point? Oh, uh, I think people really, really like that song, mm-hmm. um, which is really cool. Um, it's a really hard song for me to perform. Um, if, if we're doing you know, especially if we're on tour and we're doing it every night, it can oh, okay. take a lot of emotional energy for me. Um, but I know that, I know that it's, it's really impactful to the people that see it. And so it's important. And I don't know, our, our band is sort of, our, our whole thing is like, we're so, we're such a privileged bunch of people, honestly, that like, we know that we're, we're the band that should be going into harsh situations. We're the band that should be performing in front of a potentially hostile crowd to win them over. Um, like we're the band that should take all the negativity so that like queer bands and bands with people of color, like um, they shouldn't have to deal with that. (laughs) So, so like, uh, so I already have that in mind um, a lot of times. And so it's like, I'm willing to kind of almost put up with that um, emotional weight uh, just so that our message can get out there just so I can, see people start to really understand what street harassment is. And it's, and it's true. Like when I'm, when we're doing that song, I can, I can see people's like faces change. Like you can tell that they're really starting to get how pervasive street harassment is, like how much it can hurt or damage someone and how it just doesn't let up and that that's part of it. Mm -hmm. And, and yeah, sometimes the, the, you know, the guy I pick out of the crowd, you know, when I pretend to be a street harasser and he's my victim, like sometimes they totally get it and they're like kind of excited to be a part of the show. Mm -hmm. Sometimes they start to really freak out and think that I personally, Shauna Potter am angry at them as an individual. And like they did something wrong (laughs) and like typical though. (laughs) And they're like, they're like, Oh no. And like, I've had, I've had some men talk to me after the show just to be like, are you mad at me? And I'm like, (laughs) I don't know you, you know? (laughs) And it's like, it's just a song, right? But it's, but that shows you like w- one thing happening like that under the guise of entertainment, let's be honest. Yeah. And they're freaking out. And I'm like, imagine a lifetime of that, you know? Oh, yeah. Women performers and even just people who exist in society, that's, we live that every day. Yeah. And for you to experience that for maybe two minutes, it, I think that really just makes a huge difference because I've, I've taken intentionally white men, white hetero men, and be taking them to your show and been like, experience this, see this, because <laughs> I think that you'll actually get better grasp on what our experience is like every day if you just stand here for, you know, a half hour, hour set. Yeah. I mean, yeah. that's what, that's it. That's what being an ally is. It's just shutting up, listening, uh, and taking it in and just, just knowing that your life experience is not, is not anyone else's. And that, like, I think if people really knew that and, like, believe that, then, because it's true, like, we would be in such a better, like, even playing field, you know? 
and could really just understand each other better and work with each other better. Yeah, I think if anything, more and more these days, I try to use kind of music as part of my educational tool. It's like if I have somebody that I have this difficult conversation with talking about either my experience or somebody else's, I'm like, well, if I can't articulate it in a way that you're going to understand, then I'm going to let them kind of talk to you. Yeah, you're right. No, totally. I totally believe in diverse tactics, right? Mm -hmm. Like that's a really big deal. Like we need sit-ins in Washington, just like we need people to block the roads, just like we need petitions, just like we need music, like we need everything. We need to attack from all angles um, because people are going to hear a message. Um, not everyone hears the message uh, the same way, you know, exactly. you're more receptive to different things. So music, um, I'm, I'm really starting to wrap my head around this, that music is my version of activism now. Um, like I put so much into it, into this band and just trying to make it a good band and make sure people can hear what we're talking about. And, uh, and then, and you know, like I have that activist guilt of like, I'm not going to enough marches. I'm not doing enough things. And I have to remind myself that like that, that this band might be the thing that this is what people are hearing. Some people, and this is, this is what they need this message delivered with these heavy fucking riffs and then and then they'll get it and that's okay and I don't have to go to every single march and I don't have to sign every petition even though we still should <laughs> yeah you, it's amazing because with music and with what you do as creatively as a band you're able to kind of dip into every aspect of what activism can be I mean the don't grab my pussy banners those yeah. <laughs> are incredible. I love them and I love that people who are marching with them. And it's like Oh my yeah. god, me too. I feel like a part of history or something. It's it's amazing. And of course there's that the other side of the coin where I just wish that we didn't have to have the banner at all. Yeah. I wish it didn't have to exist. I wish this band didn't have to exist, you know? But it does. You know what? I also hate the word pussy. Oh, it's the worst. I, I hated that I had to say it, but I'm like, if I don't say it, people won't know what I'm talking about. And I know. It's, it's like, like the double-edged sword. It's like, I don't want to do this, but here it is coming out of my mouth because there's no other way to say it or it's what, Because it's what he fucking said because he's a fucking asshole. Yeah. Oh, oh, I know. Crash. I hate that word, and we had to put it on a banner, and I never would have thought that in a million years. <laughs> it's so right? weird. We live in such a weird time. It's like you don't want to be the person that has to kind of be that vocal frustrated activist feminist but it's like but this is the world I live in and this is how I have to address it yeah this is how I, this is how I do my part I I love that you brought up the fact that like music is now your activism because for me personally it's like I have a day job I have a family I have to look out for my family is you know Mexican so we have to take certain ways and how we're going to live our lives now but it's like, so I take a risk if I go to that march, but if I'm yelling at you on my podcast, maybe that'll mean something. And Exactly. You exactly. know, it's like, you kind of have to find your way to being able to be vocal. And I've had friends who are fellow feminists discuss how they're like, they're nervous about how they want to approach their feminism. And I'm like, well, you have to do it in a way that's both, you know, self-care for yourself as well as projecting positivity in the world. So that's such like a good, important message. I feel like that you just let out so thank you for that. <laughs> sure that was a long game thank you <laughs> yeah of course like it's totally about the long game like we're not good to anyone if um we burn out 
or we put ourselves at such a risk that we can't continue to do things like a podcast, like it's not worth it. We have to, we have to make the biggest impact we can that we can keep making. So whatever that is, I can, I can keep being in a band. I can keep touring. I can keep writing songs and it's harder to, for me to do other things. Um, so yeah, everybody do what you can and (laughs) you can always do more. You can always do a little more, but when your body's telling you to take a break, take a break. It's okay. Don't feel any guilt about that. That's amazing. And you know, the way that I think when everybody puts their energy into that one thing they're really good at or the one thing that means a lot to them, that's when it really shows. I mean, that's why War on Women has an incredible like LP that came out and why it's basically spread and why it means so much to so many people. Um, How does it feel for you? One of the things I noticed that it seems like almost you feed off of when you play a live show is whenever you have, you know, women, femmes, people identify as queer kind of come close to you and shout into the mic with you. Oh, I love that. Yeah, like what what kind of sensation does that give you knowing that these people that you've been wanting to uplift are are coming toward you and they're kind of being a part of what you're creating? I mean, well, I feel two things. One, I'm just like, oh my God, you know the words? (laughs) You know, just, I feel like I'm 14 again, you know, and in my first band. And I'm just like, holy shit. You know know what I'm singing too? It's awesome. Um, and then, uh, but then, yeah, then also I'm like, yes, fems to the front, like bros hang back, like give marginalized people some space. They deserve, they deserve to come up front and sing and shout and not be afraid of being trampled in a mosh pit and, um, feel comfortable enough to own their anger and frustration enough to yell in a microphone, you know, like, I think that's really, really important. So it feels, yeah, like really cathartic and like a lovely shared experience. And there's nothing, there's, there's nothing like that. There's no other feeling like that um, to see what someone else, someone else might call, you know, this woman approaching me meek or small or weak. And, but then she just fucking yells at the top of her lungs (laughs) and sings along with me. And I'm just like, we are strong. We are very strong. (laughs) Yeah. I think it's really cool that that strength just kind of seems to amplify every time and you're able to kind of bring up these issues, you know, when it comes to like having pro-choice, having control of your body in general, not letting, you know, the patriarchy kind of just drag you down. There's this kind of strength that keeps growing. And how would you like to kind of contribute to this kind of struggle against the patriarchy and the kind of government that we're facing now in the U.S. in the coming days. Um, how do you see yourself and world women kind of in a position going forward now? That's a, oh, that's a great question. Um, yeah, we, I'm, I'm very conscious of, like, we're, we're going to be making a new record this mm-hmm. year. And, and things like that always get delayed or there's always some sort of, <laughs> you know, hiccup to it. And so no promises on dates or anything like that, but, um, that's, that's what's coming up for us. So I'm conscious of not making a record that's instantly dated. Like Mm -hmm. if I'm talking only about Trump on this record, I feel like, you know, if someone listens to it, hopefully in four years or five years that it would seem like so old and it doesn't apply anymore. Um, 
I know some of that's partly unavoidable um, to an extent, but uh, I don't know. I don't, I don't want to make a record about Trump. So then the answer is, you know, the question is what, what do we want? <laughs> what do we want to do? And, um, uh, and frankly, I don't know. I don't know. We have ha I have half songs, uh, I've written words to, and half of them I haven't. And in a way I've sort of been wanting to just see how this unfolds, you know, the next few months, the first year of his administration. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm almost still crossing my fingers that he won't actually take office <laughs> so that he'll be impeached on day one. Like I'm, I'm still like, maybe, you know, Oh um, gosh, I so know. <laughs> I'm kind of waiting to see what, what happens. Um, yeah, that's, that's probably the most terrifying part because I feel like we almost have like, we're screwed either way because it's like, if he gets impeached, then we get Pence and that's yeah. possibly worse. <laughs> yeah. It's like, what do yeah. we do about this? <laughs> yeah, we're in a no-win situation for sure. Um, but yeah, so I think the important thing right now is for everyone to, you know, take a break, regroup, uh, get your priorities in order. And for me, that includes um, doing doing more work to make sure that my money isn't going to any anti-LGBTQ, anti-Black uh, companies or businesses. Um, so, you know, you want to put your money where your mouth is. You want to you support local Black businesses, right? <laughs> like you want to uh, donate to LGBTQ uh, organizations and Planned Parenthood. Um, I, I, we can all be better allies to other groups. Like we're all marginalized in some way. Yep. Um, but we're also all part of some oppressor group in, in other ways. And so while we need to heal ourselves as a marginalized person, we need to figure out how to be better allies to other marginalized people too, so that we can, you know, play on the same team. Um, so I'm just, I'm really working on that and making sure that I, again, like I said before, like make sure that I know what's going on for people of color and for LGBTQ communities. Like I, I want to know what's happening um, to them by the government that I can help change or correct or take part in and what they need from allies and just stay informed so I can do the right thing. The, the worst thing right now is total apathy or inaction. We just all have to do something. That's totally right. And I think that's the best thing you can do is kind of stay educated and listen. Um, another thing that I wanted to ask you about also is, you know, I mentioned earlier about how bands like War on Women and Downtown Boys have kind of been like my part of my self-care in coping with everything that's been happening. What are the bands or the artists or the people that you've been kind of turning to as far as your self-care goes and, you know, being educated positive finding ways to kind of have your outlet i think i lately i've been doing a lot of like escapist stuff okay so um because i'm in a political feminist band yeah right and so like <laughs> when i sit down and work on lyrics i'm i'm working hard and i'm trying to be intersectional and i'm staying informed and so like when i consume media i need it to be uh kind of the escapist form of media so um, I watch a lot of TV, like way too much TV, uh, 
thanks to Netflix and Hulu. Um, but I just got back into um, Comedy Bang Bang and uh, How to Get Away with Murder and Empire. I love Empire so much. I love Cookie <laughs> so much. Um, <laughs> it's a great show. <laughs> she's ridiculous and amazing. Um, and uh, so, yeah, and X-Files and The Office, just revisiting all these things. Um, and, like, all I want to do is laugh or watch a show about aliens like <laughs> like whatever and then for music uh i mean i, I think lately i've listened to a lot of gojira and i listen to a local rap artist called tt the artist okay. um, when i go jogging um she's she's pretty great actually and um yeah it's just it's i don't listen to a lot of political stuff right now yeah, sometimes you need a break. Cause yeah, I've been I've been needing a break, and if I need to, you know, I have to get ready now to write some political music, and so I I almost also don't want to be too heavily influenced by anyone else. Um, so yeah, I I do that every now and again, uh, depending on what band I'm in or or what record we're making. I'll either do kind of like a sensory deprivation thing and like not listen to anything or I'll listen to one record like over and over and over again in hopes that it'll like seep in my brain a little bit. And I don't know if that works, but it's kind of like whatever you need to do to get through <laughs> making a record, just do it. <laughs> I think everybody's kind of got their way of being able to get into their creative process. They either have to give themselves a break or they find the thing that's going to motivate them even further. So that's, yeah. That's it's perfect. not a science, and I wish it was. That would be really nice if there was just an easy math formula to figure out how to make the best record, but there's not, so you just have to do what feels okay. <laughs> well, it's been working, clearly, because the, <laughs> the the debut EP, the LP, all of it have really just been blown out of the water, incredible music, so keep up your routine. It's working. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome. So... Um, you know, you kind of mentioned that you're interested in being able to write this record this year and work on that. What else is kind of coming up for War on Women? Well, I can't say too much, but we do plan on um, touring in the summer. Oh, and, excellent. And people um, will probably hear about that. I just can't say anything right now. <laughs> and, um, and that's about it. And sorry. Oh. Thought I was going to sneeze. I told you I was sick, right? Yes. <laughs> All right. I recovered. Um, um, so yeah, those, those are the major things right now is running a record, having a big tour in the summer and just trying to keep it together during this next administration. <laughs> That'll be all of us at this point, won't it? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> for sure. Well, great. Well, thanks so much for talking to me, Shauna. Where can everybody find all things world women? Oh, um, uh, definitely. You can search for us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Um, we have some really great, like you said, uh, anti-pussy grabbing flags <laughs> on the Bridge Nine store, our, our record label Bridge Nine Records. Um, but check out their online store. Uh, a lot of fun anti-Trump stuff. And um, yeah, just stock up and wear, wear your beliefs on your sleeve and let everybody know and tell your grandma she's racist if you need to like 
like take no prisoners time, you know, like this is it. <laughs> We're in the fight. <laughs> That's honestly beyond true. <laughs> anything, it's like, I've been wearing my shirts of like feminism is not a dirty word. I've got my make America feminist for once hat. I'm like, Yay. let's do this. Like, come on, everybody get empowered. Listen to some music that's going to make you feel good, whether it's, you know, your very loud feminist music, or if you need to take some time for self-care, do it. Take care of yourself and get ready for one of the fights of our lives. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Good luck, everyone. Good luck, us. <laughs> You just heard Shauna Potter of War on Women. If I can challenge you to do anything after this, it's to really dig into what makes you passionate and fuels your creativity. It can be political or it can be abstract. Empowerment of any women, femmes, minorities, and members of the LGBT community, it's going to send a message to the world. We matter and we're going to speak up. Speaking of voices, I want to introduce a special new voice hitting shelves in 2017. Diet Sig is releasing their debut album, Swear I'm Good at This, and it's guaranteed to be a loud, strong voice in the scene. They released their first song, Tummy Ache, and it's all about finding strength and voice in a world saturated in the patriarchy. Diet Sig is clearly sick of it all and is using creativity to conquer the state of the scene. To end, let's hear Tummy Ache. Until next time, I'm Amanda, and this is Angry Girl Music of the Indie Rock Persuasion.